Well, good morning, everyone. It is so great to see each and every one of you. And I want to commend you today. I know today kind of was one of those mornings where you get up and the snow is blowing everywhere and it's really cold and it had been really easy for you just to say, you know what, I'm just going to stay home and stay in bed. But you decided to come and join with us at church today and I just want to commend you for doing that. And I want to welcome those as well who are joining us online today that we're so glad that you're with us as well. My name is Pastor Todd, along with my wife Jan, we're the lead pastors here at Eastside City Church, and we're just so grateful that you're here today. And I just want you to hear this today, that I believe today that you need to hear that God is for you, that God has good things. In fact, the word that he put in my heart as I was preparing this week, just for us as we started today, that I think many here have been battling sickness, flus, different things in their health. I just want to declare that Jehovah Rapha, that God is your healer today that God here is here to touch you and help you and bless you. And I want to encourage you as well as we are in really that home stretch of Christmas week. Isn't it hard to believe that Christmas is only one week away? Now, who, now who here feels like you're, uh, you're ready for this? You're, you're like, I've got all my stuff. Who here is kind of like, wow, that is coming fast. You'd be honest. You're just like, whoa, I still got a few things that I need to do. I can, I can relate to that. I can kind of go, wow. Um, but I want to remind you again that we have Christmas Eve services this coming Saturday from 1 to 3 at 1 and 3. And we, we did them earlier this year because we want you to have as much time as you can with your family. We know that Saturday uh, people don't have to work as much, so we thought we could do them earlier. But I want to encourage you to invite somebody to join with you. And as well, Sunday morning, as you heard, we're going to have a simple, a little bit of a shorter service. But for those who want to come and join together with your families, we're going to do that. But a reminder, we won't have kids church that day. It's going to be just all of us together, and we're going to have a great time. Well, today, I'm continuing a series that we started a couple weeks ago about celebration, that we really believe that this is a time for celebration. In fact, we see that celebrations are really important. I, I believe that, that life is meant to be celebrated. And there are many celebrations in the Bible. In fact, the Israelites were commanded to have different feasts and festivals and things. Why? To celebrate the goodness of God, his power, his majesty, his might. And they did these celebrations so that people would not forget what God had done. But we if you read the Bible enough, you know they still forgot about a lot of things, unfortunately. But the things, I believe this, in life that we celebrate are the things that we elevate. That when we celebrate things, it's those things that we lift up in our life, those, that, that we lift up whatever is important to us, whatever we give preference to. And it is why we, we go to weddings, right? It's why we... Um, we, we uh, celebrate anniversaries. We have retirement parties for people. We do things because we're like, you know, those are important events. We, we feel like those are things that should be highlighted and celebrated, and especially birthdays. We celebrate birthdays. And in fact, in this season, we are celebrating Jesus's birthday. Amen? Well, we want people in our lives to know that they are valued and important. And so I was thinking about in my own life that the, when I turned 14, I had kind of a, a different type of a, of a birthday. What was special about it was that I was allowed to invite all of my classmates to come and join us at our house for uh, an afternoon party, some food, and all of that stuff. And, and, and it may not seem like a, a big deal to many of you. Maybe that's 
how you grew up, that you had those opportunities to have people join with you all the time. But for me, um, growing up in um, government housing, in apartments that were really, really small, that wasn't something that happened very often in my childhood. And so this was a, like a really big deal that I was able to have my friends come over to my house. And, um, you know, um, I think what, what I remember about it was that not only did I get my friends to come over, but we were also had uh, girls come over to this party. I mean, that's a big deal when you're 14, right? And so I was like most teenagers, I wanted everything to be perfect. I mean, I, you, 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 you're at that age in your life where you're too cool for school. You, you just want it to be perfect. You want everybody to think, man, this was the greatest thing that you did. And so um, everything was going great. That is until the food arrived. Now, who here loves pizza? Like, you'd be like, man, pizza, how, how, how can you go wrong with pizza? How can you do anything wrong with pizza? Well, the pizza that showed up at my party went really wrong. It was really bad. In fact, I became horrified when my friends, as they were eating the pizza, began to gag and retch. Why? Well, well, well I asked my parents, what, what did you, this was homemade pizza, I gotta tell you that. I said, mom, mom, what did you put on the pizza? She's like, you know, the usual stuff, like tomatoes, okay, olives, cheese, spam. It's like, no, 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 mom, the usual stuff is pepperoni. Did you just say spam? I said, who puts spam on a pizza? Can I give you a little uh, hint here? When you make homemade pizza for a guest, um, or anyone you like, do not use spam for the meat unless they told you that spam is the meat that they love. Needless to say, that was the last school birthday party that I ever celebrated with my friends. Well, today I want to talk, though, about one of the greatest parties shared in the Bible. And this party is mentioned in the parable of the prodigal son. And I wanna say this, parables were stories that Jesus told to convey spiritual truth. In the story of the prodigal son, for those who are maybe not familiar with it, and I know many of you are, there was a story about a father who had two sons. The youngest son decides at an early age that he doesn't want to live at home anymore, that he wants his inheritance early. And by a crazy stroke of luck, his father gives him his inheritance early and he takes off. Well, I don't think it's a surprise to anyone that very quickly he squanders all of his money. He wastes it on women, wine, and song. And, and, and eventually he's completely broke until he decides, you know what, I, I, I can't live this way, he ends up in a, uh, a, 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 in a pig farm, uh, feeding the pigs, which is so far away from his, his culture, what he believed in, and he has this epiphany that maybe, maybe he should just come home. Well, today we're gonna pick up the story right here in the book of Luke, and if you'd turn with me, we're gonna look at Luke chapter 15, verses 20 is where we're gonna start. It says, so he returned home to the father, and while he was a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son told him, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. 
Get a ring for his finger and sandals for our feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with the feast for this son of mine was dead and now he was returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. I love that phrase here in the scripture, so the party began. Why was there a party? Well, because the father's son had come home. The son who had, had been gone, who was now returning home that they had not seen forever. In fact, I believe that his parents thought they would probably never see him again. And here he was, he was walking up the, 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 the walkway and his father notices him off in the distance and he says, come on, we're gonna have a party. Now here's what I think we have to understand. Yes, he had squandered all of, the, the, of his wealth and wild living. Yes, he had made some incredibly wrong choices. Yes, he had made a mess of everything in his life, but here he was returning home. And his parents could not believe it. It was an over Whelming moment beyond their dreams because they had missed him so dearly. Their dearly beloved son was now home. I want to say this today. There's something special about the heart of a parent towards their children. Especially people that are, that healthy parents yearn for their kids. They feel their joys and live their pain. Who would, who would agree with that? You, you, you watch what's going on in your kid's life. You, you feel it, those of you who have kids. Nothing, though, is more painful, I believe, than the separation of a family member, especially a child, due to a broken relationship, uh, maybe an addiction, or other forms of self-harm. I know this about parents, because I've been there. We, we re weep, we, we cry out, we we. we pray for God's return. And, and it's something that is so deep within our heart, this crying out that we have. And unless you've lived with a child or had a child who has lived with great struggles, you cannot imagine the pain. So here's what happens today. I just pray for you today. I wanna just even pause in this moment for those today who are, are struggling with their children. You have children right now that maybe are not in a good spot. I want you to know we're praying for you. We're believing God to do miracles. We believe that this place is a place of rec reconciliation and hope. And I'm praying that God is going to comfort you during this Christmas season because God is here for you. Can I hear an amen? But here's what happened. Because the son returned, the father pulled out all of the stops. Dress him, bling him, uh, celebrate him, feed him, the dad called out. They brought the finest china in. They, they, they um, grabbed the ceremonial clothes, their special clothes, their best clothes. They, they hired musicians. In fact, I think they even probably had a DJ at this event. It was, it was such a big deal. The son was home. And not only that, they made a special meal. They had a, a, a special calf that they, they sacrificed just for this celebration. It was a time to celebrate because the lost son had come home. But if you read a little bit farther in the scriptures, not everyone felt like celebrating. Not everyone was happy about what was happening. And so picking up in verse 25, meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. And when he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. And he asked one of his servants what was going on. He said, your brother is back. He was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. Now listen to this. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. 
His father came out and begged him, but he replied, all these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. And all that time you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf? His father said to him, look, dear son, you've always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. I think it's important to understand the attitude of the older, as we're looking at the attitude of the older brother, it's important to understand the context through which the parable of the prodigal son was shared. You see, as Jesus was sharing a meal with people who were tax collectors, prostitutes, and drunkards, the Pharisees, the, Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day approached him and got after him and said, and, and were incensed that he would give his time to such lowly people. According to Larry Burkdahl, apparently the thing that disturbed the Pharisees more than sinners living among them was Jesus' willingness to have fellowship with such people. How could he lower his standards? How could he, how could he associate with people that were just, they weren't worth it? And, and so it was, it was wrong in their mind for him to have compassion upon broken and hurting people. You can almost feel their disdain and their haughtiness as you read it. And to answer the Pharisees, he shared the parable of, a, of a, three parables of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and of the prodigal son. Now, I know this, it can be hard to celebrate or esteem another person when you believe it is undeserved. You know, we, we, we can look at the older son and be like, man, that's really an awful response. But I think sometimes we have to examine our own heart and when we, we see people around us, maybe they're being blessed or maybe they, they get a promotion at work or, 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 or they get favor from a teacher at school or, or something good happens in their life and, and you know that they're not maybe as good as you think they are, it can be very difficult for us to actually celebrate them and be happy for them. But, it's not, but is it not the heart of a, of a Pharisee to compare one life to another? to compare your life to somebody else, to judge who is worthy or unworthy of the, the goodness and kindness of God? In fact, if I think about this, I recognize even as I was preparing, I'm like, I I've gotta be honest. Uh, I think I have a bit of Pharisee in my heart sometimes. When I sit there and think, you know, why is that person getting this? Doesn't God see all of the good things that I'm doing in my life? Has he somehow forgotten about me? I think we've all been there in a place. You see, if you listen to the older son, he says to you, look, I'm a good kid. I'm the responsible, the one who always did whatever my dad told me to do. And yet here's my brother, my brother, the, the one who screws everything up, the one who's broken everything. They're celebrating him. In fact, you can almost hear him say, this, this celebration is completely unfair. Now, now where, where, where do we hear that? You know, that's not fair. Maybe, maybe you've heard your kids say that at times. I know that when my sister and I were, were growing up, we, man, everything had to be equal, right? 
My, my, my dad would, or my mom would cut a piece of cake and we'd sit there and look, oh, that's not fair, their, their piece is bigger. Or, or, or they got more chips than I did. Or how about time piggybacking? Well, they got a little bit more time, Dad, you got to, and we, we'd, we'd whine and we'd cry. And so if either gained an advantage, we would, be, we, would, we would yell and scream and be unhappy. Can you not kind of see that this is the attitude of the, of the older brother? You see, I, I want you to know this, that that's a sign of immaturity. That when we look at things and we're like, oh, yeah, it's not fair, that's not right, I don't think this is good, and yet here God is doing something great in somebody else's life. And I'm going to talk about how we can overcome this today, because I believe God has called us to be people who celebrate, we're called to be people who celebrate each other, we're called to celebrate the goodness of God in all places of our life, and it doesn't mean that it's always easy. You see, his problem was he felt like nobody had celebrated him. And so then why should his brother, who is spoiled and undeserving, be celebrated? You see, the problem with this is that he became self-absorbed and was unable to celebrate somebody else's blessing. Instead of feeling joyful, he became resentful. And his self-focus caused him to become critical, judgmental, and even bitter. You see, when we become critical, it distorts our perception of reality. And I'm gonna come back to that in a minute. It hinders us from experiencing joy, especially joy for other people. I wanna say this today. If you're having a hard time feeling joyful for God doing good things in other people's lives or their experiences, you might wanna look at where your heart is at. God today wants to help you. Now, I need, I need to be honest that when life is hard, it's easy to feel underappreciated. But mature people deal with the problem to address the issue instead of, instead of criticizing the beneficiary or another person. What do I mean by that? Well, I, I don't think it's wrong at times to say maybe, I don't think something was good here. I think the, the older uh, son, instead of throwing a temper tantrum, having a fit, I'm not gonna go celebrate him, could have even just said, yeah, dad, we're gonna do this, but man, there's something that's not quite sitting right with me. Go to the decision maker with an open and humble, humble heart and ask for their perspective. You can feel deserving of favor, listen to this, without tearing other people down. Because we see it at work. Somebody, somebody gets the promotion. They're like, oh, they don't deserve that. <sighs> they're terrible. Well, you don't have to tear people down. See, the older son forgot and the father reminded him that the family inheritance would one day be his, all of it. He had all of it. It was all going to come to him, maybe not in that moment, but there was a, 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 a blessing that even his younger brother had already taken care of that he now was going to get everything. He forgot he had everything coming to him. And if he wanted a celebration, he probably could have had one. He just needed to ask for it. But this day was about the return of his lost brother, which he should have been celebrating as well. I want to talk about a little bit of an aside in this message and say this because we can forget about this part of the younger brother. It required great humility for the younger son to return home. 
He knew what he had done with his inheritance was shameful. He knew that he had made a lot of mistakes. He didn't need to be reminded of how much he had made a mess of things. He knew it. And he also knew that everyone else around him was aware, aware of it as well. And if you read the story earlier, he actually wasn't coming home to be a son. He was willing to be a slave, a servant. And I want to say this, that coming back to church can be a scary place for people who have stepped away. We need to be mindful of this. Many times the perception on them is that when they walk in, that everybody's staring at them, that they have condescending attitudes and eyes towards them. And sometimes they're right. I believe that church should be a place of hope and encouragement. Church should be a place where people can be honest about their mistakes and receive love and grace. We should be the most kind, gracious people on the planet. I believe that if Jesus has impacted our lives. We should be people who make room for people and a church should be a place where people are celebrated. So I want to talk about, this is kind of my extra little nugget here, so hopefully that didn't ruffle your feathers too much. But here's what I want to say, that three things about celebration. Number one, celebration is a choice. Like so many things in our life, celebration is a choice. Compassion, forgiveness, honor, thankfulness are choices that we make each day. We decide what we're going to do. You see, if we are unwilling to live by our feelings and we live by our choices, then we will see the full measure of God's blessing. And celebration comes from a place of thanksgiving. You see, it is a reflection of what is happening in our heart. A happy heart produces good things, but a jealous or proud heart will produce negativity or strife. And I think we all need to look at what is going on many times in our relationships with people, how we view things that are going on and say, God, what is really going on in my heart? God, would you look at my heart today? Would you help me to have a right heart so that I can celebrate the good things that you're doing, not only in my life, but in the lives of other people? You see, when we have a positive, grateful attitude, we'll find it easy to bless other people, even those who challenge us and rub us the wrong way. I love what it says in Psalms 118, verse 24. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. See, the author, author is saying this, we will rejoice. What does it mean? We choose to rejoice because I'm blessed. I'm making a choice to be blessed. You see, we can rule over negative feelings and command our spirits to rejoice or celebrate. Let's live lives of celebration. Secondly, today, I believe that growth and positive change are things that deserve to be celebrated. Now, when I was a young person, I've got to be honest, I was late for everything. Now, some of you are like, well, I think you still are late sometimes. <laughs> Maybe, possibly. But my grade nine year, I want you to hear this, out of 180 school days, I was late 68 times. Therefore, I gained a reputation and label of lateness. Is there anybody that outdid me on that one? Maybe you did, I don't know. And here's what, what, what happened though, and I, I want you to hear this because we laugh and, and, and we think things are, are funny, and, 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 and there is, there's some silliness to the excessiveness of it, 
But people would say things and poke fun of me. Listen to this, especially if I arrived on time. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's a miracle. <laughs> oh wow, what's happened today? Hey, hey, you actually combed your hair today. It looks good. And they thought they were so funny. They thought they were funny. And of course, I, you know, I kind of would laugh along with them. But here's the reality. Not only was it not funny, it was discouraging. Because here I was, I was like, man, I'm making a change. I'm, I'm trying to do this and yet I still do it and everybody still thinks I'm a mess up and I'm a joke and I'm funny. And I want, I, I'm, I'm sharing this for a reason here today because we have to understand that when we look at people, hum, that we tend to sometimes put people in boxes. This is who they are. This is what they're like. These are the, this is the kind of character that they have. This is what's going on. And some of the things are, are definitely deserved, but we have to make room that God can change people, that people can get better, that people can improve. And we should be the people that are cheering on those differences. And so when somebody does something good, we're like, hey, I see that, that the good things are happening in, life, in your life. I notice that you're making some changes in your life. It is awesome, it is good, and I'm celebrating with you. You see, the reality is people change all the time. Who here would say that you're different today than you were five years ago? You see some things differently. You've maybe made some different changes in your life. And here's what I want us to understand, that the foundation of Christian belief is that Jesus changes people, isn't it? That we, we come to Jesus, why? Because we want to see our lives change. And it's important to celebrate growth and success. I believe we are to be those, as it says in Hebrews chapter 10, 24, to motivate one another to, 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 to do good works for the kingdom of God. And God wants us to be those who are encouragers, that we release belief in other people, that we look for growth, that we, we look for a hope. And I wanna say this, even when people make mistakes, I believe that we should be people that say, come on, you can do this, God is with you, I'm believing for you, let's walk this out together, let's celebrate success. Hey, you've, you've struggled with some things in your life, maybe you've had a hard time getting up and going to work, today you, you, you made it good, let's celebrate that. Let's make it our, our mission to release the power of encouragement in one another's lives and celebrate each other. And here's my last point that I wanna wrap things up with here today. I believe that we're called to celebrate the success of other people. That we should be happy when other people, we should be happy when God blesses other people. When a coworker receives a promotion, we should be the first people to cheer them on. When a teammate wins an award, we should share in their excitement. When a friend is blessed with a new house or a new car, we should be happy for them. It's an, and here's what I want to say. It's easier to understand if you understand the more than enough principle. What's the more than enough principle? Here's the more than enough principle. is understanding that God has more than enough for everyone, including you. When you see people receiving something that you think that maybe you should have received, it's easy to become critical or jealous of them. This is a big problem in our society right now. 
Instead, we should be happy and blessed for them. Why? Because we know that God has great things for us as well. Can I say this to you today? Because I, I believe that at some point you're gonna, you're gonna be challenged with this and that I hope this, this, this thought comes into your heart by the Holy Spirit. You have to understand that what somebody else receives, their blessing doesn't take away from what God wants to do in your life. You see, if we somehow think that they're getting something, that, that if they get it, we're not gonna get it, it's gonna cause a whole lot of different feelings for us. But we have to understand that God has more than enough. When you receive things in life regarding finances, friendships, successes, position, it doesn't take away from me. In fact, the more you are blessed, listen to this, this is Bible, I'm telling you this, the more that you are blessed, the more that I will be blessed. You see, you should want other people around you to receive more blessing because I believe that blessing begins to rub off on other people. We should celebrate it. We should be excited about it. And the only way I lose is if I allow jealousy or critical attitudes to spring up like the older brother. If we wallow in self-pity, allowing the heart to become bitter and joyless. Let's choose to be those who celebrate the goodness of God. JJ, if you could come up here. Let's choose to be those who, in this season, as we are celebrating Jesus, let's choose to be those who celebrate each other. Let's choose to be those who allow God, who are reminded that God has more than enough for us, that God has given us good things. Let's remind ourselves that God is constantly working in people's lives. Let's be those who celebrate. Let's not be like the older brother. Let's have the heart of the Father. I love John 15, 11. It says this, I've told you these things so that you'll be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. That's what my prayer is for each and every one of you today, that God's joy would overflow out of your hearts, that you would experience more of God's joy. Now, maybe you're here today, and if, as I'm preaching this message, there's been some things that have been a little bit, you've laughed, but maybe you've been challenged in your heart. Maybe you're here today and you're, you struggle when other people are blessed. Maybe you feel that life has knocked you down and it's not fair. Maybe you've gone through a tough season. I'm not here to, to tell you that, oh, you, you just have to sit there and go, well, it doesn't matter, it doesn't hurt. No, we, we, we share our, our hurts, but there's a difference in saying, God, I still believe you're good. There's a difference in being able to still celebrate God doing good things in other people's lives. But maybe you're here today and there's just some things that are, are, are struggles for you. You want to rejoice, but it has been hard and you need some grace. You see, I wanna remind you the key, the key is to choose. Choose to forgive people. Choose to encourage. That you can choose to bless. Choose to celebrate. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I, I just want to ask this question. Maybe, 
you're here today and, and, and you're like, Pastor Todd, I, I've, I hear what you're saying. And if I'm really honest, I've struggled maybe at times to be happy for other people. I've struggled to have that joy in my heart. The things that I've been battling with, they're just, they've, they've been almost overwhelming and I just need God to, to touch me today. I just am asking God if you would just touch me today. Would you just raise your hand? I'm gonna pray right now. We're just gonna pray that God would just release his grace here today. I believe God wants to pour out his grace. I believe God wants to give each and every person here more of his joy, more of his presence. Heavenly Father, I say thank you today. Lord God, that you are here with us. Lord, thank you today that you've brought us to this place. Lord Jesus, we, we ask you today, God, that you would come and, and, and just bring life to everybody who needs life. Lord, I pray, Father, that you would help us to be able to have that heart of celebration. Lord, I pray that more of your celebration, the spirit of celebration would break out in people's homes and in their marriages and in their, and in their relationship with their children. I pray today, Father God, that you would come and you would do miracles here today. Lord, I thank you today, God, that your heart is for each and every person here today. Lord, release your your power today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Maybe you're here today and you've come to this place and you do not have a relationship with Jesus. I'm here to tell you the Bible says that when one person makes Jesus, cries out to Jesus, comes to Jesus, it says that the heavens rejoice. And if you're here today and you would like to begin that relationship with Jesus, all you have to do is ask him, heads bowed, eyes closed. Is there anybody here today that would say, Pastor Todd, I, I, I need that relationship with Jesus. God's speaking to me today. We just thank you, Lord. We praise God today, hallelujah, amen. Well, God is so, so good here today. I wanna encourage you as we're going to close down our time together here today, I want to thank you for coming, but I want to encourage you to bring somebody to uh, our weekend services. But if you as well need prayer for anything today, if there's anything in your life, you need healing in your body, you need encouragement in your spirit. As we close our time, I'm going to invite our, our, our ministry team to come forward here today. And, and as, we, as, we, as we leave here, you can come up and please receive prayer. God, I believe, is here to encourage you, to strengthen you, and to help you. Amen? Well, go today and, and celebrate. Celebrate time with your friends, your family. We're believing God to do good things in your life. Amen. God bless you.